Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Ken Miller uh, with you for the next couple of hours. My partner, Trent Condon, continues his well-deserved vacation. Uh, Trent is back next Wednesday. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We're going to continue uh, our look around the Power 5 conferences. Today, it's uh, Bama Bob and I are going to Opine on the Big 12 coming up here in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. We'll take a look at some of the, not all of them, um, but certainly a majority of the schools in the Big 12. A thought or two on most of those as they get set for play. And what looks to me uh, as though there's um, certainly some opportunities. I don't think Oklahoma is the sure thing that some do. Uh, but we'll get into the Big 12. Is this the year that Texas bounces back? Uh, can Baylor repeat? Oklahoma State has a veteran quarterback to say to Spencer Sanders starting his fourth year under center. No expectations on Iowa State. That usually uh, holds promise of a uh, of a decent season. So we'll get into those uh, with Bama Bob, etc. Also going to bring up maybe not all of them, but the four schools that will a year from now uh, be getting set to begin. Big 12 play. The AAC, they're having their media days, the American Athletic Conference today. Just as an aside, just real quick on this, uh, their uh, media's preseason poll at the top of that poll in this 11-team league, uh, the team that was picked first, Houston, ticketed for the Big 12. The team that was picked second, Cincinnati, ticketed for the Big 12. Do you see where I'm going? Central Florida, picked third, ticketed for the Big 12. So the three teams that will leave the American Athletic and join the Big 12 picked one, two, three in this year's conference. And oh, by the way, BYU is independent for this year. They, they're 21 and four in the last couple of years. I get it. They don't have the name brand, the cachet that Texas and Oklahoma have. But these are pretty good football programs uh, that will be making their way into this conference. Yep. It's a, it's a, I don't know how big of a gap. It's certainly a, a, a drop down from where we believe the Big Ten and the SEC. Well, we know they are now, and we believe that they'll even elevate themselves higher once that everything shakes out. But uh, with those 14, and or with those 12, rather, with the two defections coming up, and I think it'll happen next year. Um, and then if you can add, who knows, uh, from the Pac, uh, from the uh, Pac-12. Tomorrow we're going to look at the Pac-12. It's going to be, I think, really interesting watching and listening to the commissioner of that conference, George Klyavkov. It's their media days tomorrow. They're the last ones uh, that get the opportunity to really hold the national spotlight. And there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on them. Let's face it, a lot of eyeballs uh, on them as they lose the two L.A. schools. The media days are in Los Angeles uh, this year. But Klyavkov, as all the commissioners do, will at some point, and I believe he'll lead off uh, their media days tomorrow, uh, he will certainly have uh, a lot of attention will be paid to his opening remarks and then once uh, he begins to field questions. All right, so that aside, we're going to start with Bama Bob coming up here in about 10 minutes on the Big 12. You know, honestly, as it had to be always, 
Uh, I like this exercise personally for me. I get as much out of it um, as, as maybe you, the audience, does. It just brings you back into football mode, right? There's so many transfers, comings and goings. It really is, a, I, I think, a very, uh, for me, a worthwhile exercise to take a look uh, at these schools. So uh, that's coming up here at about 10.15. I promised, and I will keep up to this promise because I love hockey. Um, the Iowa Wild reached out last week and asked if, you know, I could uh, find a spot for them to come on. It's their 10th. They're getting set uh, for their 10th season in existence. The Iowa Wild are. Of course, we know there's been a couple of uh, other teams prior to that, but the Iowa Wild going into year number 10. And Ben, ben Gislason is going to join me about 10.50. Uh, we'll talk about what they've got going on. Maybe ask them, you know, what, it's July. What are you guys doing uh, to get ready for the season at this point. Is this kind of uh, uh you hope to have everything done? We know the schedules come out. Uh, is this a big push for tickets, for corporate sponsorships? Uh, the team is starting to uh, come together, but you know that that's kind of going to be secondary in our conversation with Ben. I uh, look forward to uh, giving him some airtime to discuss uh, AHL hockey coming uh, up in downtown Des Moines beginning in October, season number 10. So that's the first hour of the program. Back to football in hour number two, and I'm going to rely on our colleagues, on our relationship, rather, with the Sporting News, Vinny Iyer, who covers the NFL. Uh, he will join me to kick off hour number two. He also has the uh, Locked On podcast, which is a very uh, popular uh, podcast on fantasy football. So I will uh, speak with him about that, some of the uh, comings and goings. You know Tyler Allen, who's producing again here today, that would be a good number for you to keep because Vinny is uh, into that. And I know your show is set in stone. Uh, if it would have, hopefully coming back on Tuesday nights, I'm confident there will be. Um, our local fantasy football show will be back for another year, but Vinny R is a name that you should keep in your Rolodex. So he'll join me at 11.05, and then Bill Bender, who was in Indianapolis uh, covering Big Ten Media Days, he'll join me about 11.25 as we uh, take a look at college football. At some point, I do, and maybe we'll put do it in the circus spotlight. I think I found a team that I've overlooked in the NFL uh, I spent some time last night just trying to shore up my futures as I love to bet on futures. I like betting on games because then I, I watch the games through a better's eye. You know, and if somebody makes an egregious mistake, you get more pissed off. And I, I just don't think I um, come here the next day and see things and opine on things uh, the way prob- uh, probably I should if I, if I lost a bet. <laughs> and I think I lost a bet because I didn't have it wrong after all. I've handicapped this right. You guys didn't perform up to my expectations. But we'll, I think I've identified a team that, I'm, that I've overlooked in the NFL. And I'll, I'll let you know who that is at some point during the program. First few days of the week, we've really not spent a lot of time on what we've spent the majority of uh, June and July up until college football kind of elbowed its way back into the conversation. I'm certainly uh, not disappointed that that has happened by any means. Uh, but Major League Baseball is is ongoing, and the trade deadline is Tuesday. We saw maybe the first domino to fall yesterday uh, as far as trades. Adam Benatendi is leaving the Kansas City Royals. The Royals get back three prospects, but Benatendi will be a New York Yankee, and 
just so happens to be that the Royals and the Yankees will meet this uh, beginning uh, tonight at Yankee Stadium uh, for a weekend series. Yankees and the Royals, but this is by far, he's the first, but he certainly won't be the last, as I think there's going to be a lot of movement out there. And a lot of teams trying to figure out right now, are they buyers or are they sellers? The Giants being maybe first and foremost on that team. They're below 500, uh, the Giants are. They've lost seven in a row. This was a team last year that way overachieved. Nobody saw it coming. Uh, they actually beat the Dodgers. Remember that? They they won the West with, what, 108, and the Dodgers had a buck seven. It was the Giants that won the West last year. Thought that that was maybe a little bit of fool's gold, and they've come back to earth now, but are they going to be... You have to think. I mean, they're not going to win the division, but they're below 500. Are, are they a seller? Uh, so those, that's one of the teams right now that has a very difficult decision to make. Phillies probably uh, in the National League as well. They're kind of treading water right now, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Are they looking to add Ian Happ as a name that seems to be connected uh, with the Phils? We'll see if that happens. Um, not sure what the Cardinals are doing. You're still hearing the Juan Soto to the Cardinals are are at least discussing this. Now, Brian Walton, who covers the Cardinals for us, well, for his website, but joins us to talk about those Redbirds, he thinks that there's a very uh, little likelihood that this happens. I think he put the number at 5%, 5495 uh, against, because this isn't the Cardinals. He doesn't think that they're going to trade for him, uh, give up the prospects needed to get him, and then be willing to fork over a half a billion, yes, with a B, billion dollars, which is in all likelihood where Juan Soto is going to come around uh, as far as what that number is going to be when uh, he does sign that next long-term deal. So are the Brewer, are the Brewers going to make a trade? Probably. Are the Cardinals? Maybe not to the extent of Juan Soto. Good for the Cardinals last night. Going to Toronto and getting a split uh, up at the Rogers Center. Adam Wainwright looked terrific in that ball game. Um, and uh, Kevin Gossman, uh, on the other hand, for the Jays. Look, at Toronto's not going to go anywhere. They just don't have the pitching. they got one guy that you can count on, Alec Manoa, who was one of the stories that an all-star game. Gossman, depending on what night you see him, he's okay, but that's just not enough. They got a lot of bats, a lot of young talent, but um, starting to really sink in that that's not their year. Twins lose. White Sox lose. Cleveland wins. Cleveland, this going to be... I, I don't want to believe that they're going to be there when it's all said and done, but boy, they're starting to uh, make you think that, you know, better take a hard look at this squad because uh, it's a three-team race and the White Sox just can't get out of their own way for crying out loud. It's uh, I'm surprising that uh, that they haven't been able to make a little bit of a run here as the Brewers were doing everybody in that division, at least in pursuit of favor, as they knocked off the Twins in the two-game set at... Um, Oh, it's named after an insurance company, but it's Miller Park to me. Anyways, that's kind of a look at the uh, baseball real quick as we uh, don't want to overlook it. The Cubs again out on the West Coast tonight. Uh, Steel goes for the Cubs against those Giants as they, I don't know, uh, will we... Uh, will we see Contreras in the lineup? Will we see Happ in the lineup? We know that Robertson's had a couple of save opportunities this week, as Cappy told us, and he's not been asked to uh, to even warm up. Uh, that they are keeping, they're holding him out of games because he's as good as gone where he ends up. Who knows? Maybe the Mets, who won a uh, who won the Subway Series, as they took two for the Yankees. What would that be like? If indeed we do get a renewal of the Subway Series, like as a baseball fan. Um, Yankees Mets would be okay for me, but I know that <laughs> anything Yankees uh, is going to turn a whole lot of people off. And 
We shall see because there's certainly a good possibility that that's what we get. All right, that's the baseball conversation. You're going to get back into uh, college football. Bama Bob going to take a look with me at what I think is as, t- as, as difficult a conference to really wrap your arms around uh, as there is in the Power Five. Um, look, Ohio State's head and shoulders, right? We know that. We know the two heavy heads in the SEC. We think we've got a pretty good idea what's going to happen uh, in the Pac-12. Who are who are the players in the Pac-12? Clemson appears to be back, or at least trending back in the AAC. But in the Big 12, you can seriously make a case. I won't go K-State, as some people are. I like Adrian Martinez. He's a tough SOB. Um, Deuce Vaughn is a terrific running back. They've got a uh, terrific uh, defensive end. He was second in the country in sacks last year behind only Anderson uh, of Alabama. They're a good team. I don't think that they belong in the conversation amongst teams who can win it. I think for whatever reason, Texas is. And this is a team that won five ball games last year, three of which were in conference. If they've improved their defense at all, because that was the letdown, um, they're going to be, they're going to be a team that I think Contends. I do. I just do. Um, they've got a million-dollar quarterback. At least that's what he's getting paid for NIL. I think they've got the best running back in the conference, Bajon Robinson. They've got good skill players. Uh, they should have dudes, right? We're talking about Texas here, and there's a whole bunch more of them coming. I think this is the final year in the Big 12. Might be proven wrong. Kind of felt that they wouldn't even be here this year. But I think we are seeing Oklahoma and Texas for the final time as members of this conference. I, I don't know what that penalty is going to be as far as letting them out. Uh, we keep hearing that the uh, Longhorn Network is maybe going to be used uh, as, as bargaining. I don't know. ESPN's calling the shots uh, after all, but it just feels like to me, uh, let's get the um, show on the road here. We know that the AAC schools are coming. Um, Oklahoma and Texas, just they're, go- they're going to the SEC. Let them go. I mean, they, they've, got, they've come back for a year, whatever that uh, buyout price was. It's nowhere near uh, what it was this time last year, so that's a little bit easier of a pill to swallow. And then if they've got something to sweeten that pot, i.e. the Longhorn Network, which has DirecTV uh, carriage uh, already. Maybe maybe that what that's does it along with the a check that uh, will have to be written. All right, more Big 12 conversation coming up next. Looking forward to catching up uh, with Bama Bob. We're going to do this one. Maybe a, a, a cue or two or a, a comment or two on, uh, on the incoming schools. I owe Centurion Stone a live read. Ran out of show yesterday. Uh, Centurion Stone sponsors David Kaplan, uh, who joined, uh, joined me late in the program yesterday and really never had time to do the live read for Centurion Stone Justice. So wanted to postpone that today. They sponsor Cappy uh, on a weekly basis. Grateful to our friends over. Uh, at uh, Centurion Stone, Justin Luch, Joe Farron, and the whole team over there. They've got Iowa's best selection of stone veneer. Uh, if you have a need, if you've got a project that's going to require some stonework, uh, whether that be uh, interior or exterior, um, Centurion Stone of Iowa to me, is head and shoulders. We have it outside our condo. We have it inside our condo, both upstairs and downstairs uh, at uh, surrounding the fireplaces. Centurion Stone of I. Whatever the project you have, if it calls for stone, manufactured stone, uh, give them an opportunity to earn your business. My bet is that they will. You can check them out online, Centurion Stone of Iowa. 
uh, centurionstoneofiowa.com or visit the showroom. Check them out online. Make a make a uh, make an appointment uh, with yourself. I mean, they're open Monday through Friday from eight to five, and they're actually open on Saturday from eight until noon. So if you work like the majority of us, uh, and the uh, you can't make it to the showroom Monday through Friday, Saturday mornings from eight until noon. The showroom is at fifty five twenty five Northeast Twenty Second Street in Des Moines. See what Trent and I have been talking about for a long time, Centurion Stone of Iowa. But right now, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. You can enter this uh, nationwide contest by entering the keyword check. Check at, nation, or at KXNO.com. Check at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Bama Bob and I will talk Big 12 when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. KX and O's. We take you until noon. Uh, coming up in about oh, 10 minutes before the hour of 11. Going to switch him gears. Going to give our friends at the Iowa Wild a few minutes of air time to discuss uh, what they've coming uh, got coming up this season. They'll begin in October. Yes, it's a ways away yet, uh, but uh, they've asked for some air time, and I love the sport and want to promote it every chance I get, so they'll be here, Ben Gislason, about 10 minutes before 11. Speaking of my love for sports, doesn't get much bigger than my love for college football. And Bama Bob joins me. Hello, Bama how are you? Oh, doing fantastic, Ken. How are you? Doing well. You know, I shared with the audience earlier, I think I get as much out of this as anybody. It's a, it's a really good refresher. <laughs> it really is to uh, to go around. I don't know about you. Uh, you forget from, you know, you yeah. go from college football into college basketball, and then you're just transitioning from sport to sport to sport as you try to stay current. But I, I love this sure. exercise we do each and every year. And the Big 12 is in focus today. Any news reverberate in college football world yesterday that uh, you want to opine on uh, before we get into this? It seemingly was, you know, they wrapped up the Big 10 media days. I don't know if there was a lot of news made there. Um, certainly that team yeah. up north became, became up a bunch, but anything from yesterday? Yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, I think it was pretty quiet. I yeah, mean, me you too. Know, Harbaugh made some noise more, you know, politically than anything else yeah, it, we don't need to really get into that so it's, unless you want to no 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 yeah <laughs> i didn't think so but yeah i mean i, I think to me the, the two and we talked about it yesterday the two takeaways were warren talking about you know a two to two to three year expansion plan for the big 10 and then you know ference uh kind of lamenting the old days state a little bit yeah the old yeah. days and and really that there's no you know, who's in charge, I guess, is really yep. what it boiled down to. And, you know, one of the things that kind of is, and I know we'll talk to the SEC later, but just you know, one of the things that's just kind of getting, you know, the NCAA is getting kind of panned for down here is you have all this unregulated NIL stuff, and now you're, you're, you're going to open up an investigation on Tennessee for $50,000 of illegal benefit. You know what, Bama, that's a great point. I mean, seriously? Right. I mean, okay, I understand that. It just seems like you're just trying to keep your enforcement staff employed right now because this happened, I don't know, two or three years ago. I know it happened before the new rules were in place. I get it, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, but it just seems really stupid at this point to, with all the NIL stuff and unregulated and everybody getting paid, you know, 
seven figures. <laughs> uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna you know investigate a program for violations that happened years ago, and you know don't even total six figures. So I don't know. It's just that just seems silly. I'm uh, I'm with and, you. And, Yep, couldn't yeah, agree with you more. It is what it is. Yep, Bama. The one thing, yep. just to re, just to put a bow on on uh, Big Ten Media Days, um, and I, maybe uh, maybe I should take another look at Penn State because I'm hearing I'm reading about these two freshman running backs um, mm-hmm. who are both going to make a huge huge impact, and you know that was something that got away from me. Um, so so maybe. You know, Clifford is a, he's been there forever, right? Uh, he's got some veteran wide yeah. receiver help. But if these two running backs are maybe as good as, as a lot of people feel they are going to be, maybe that will, I don't know if they're going to leapfrog. Well, they're not going to get past Ohio State, certainly in any pe- pecking right. order, but maybe that gets them closer to Michigan. That would be uh, yeah, my, my think, problem. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Clifford is the kind of quarterback that could benefit from a good run game. I mean, yeah. I, I think we, you know, we talked about him. He's a gamer. Uh, he's a, he's fiery. But you know, is is he an NFL quarterback? I, no, I'm not real sure. I don't think so either. But um, and you know, they they lost Dotson, so that's, they're going to have to replace some yep. production there. So I mean, it's and they lost a lot on defense. So mm-hmm. you know, if you've got a young defense, you know, again, your best friend is a running game. So you just kind of eat up clock and keep your young defense off the field. And if you can score points, that's all the better. But yeah, you're right. I mean, and we'll, we'll see. And again, we talked about them and, you know, right out of the shoot, a couple of really good games at Purdue and then week three down here in Auburn. So we'll find out how good that running game is. Indeed we will. Let's get to the, uh, let's get to the big 12. What I want to ask you first of all, is I want your opinion. Um, do you think that this is the final year for Oklahoma and Texas? Now they're still got another year on their contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just have a feeling, Bama, that this, this is it, that, um, this is the last time you're going to see Oklahoma and Texas, uh, in the Big 12. They'll get through the school year, but I don't know what the date's going to be, July 1st of next year when the AAC schools join this conference. I think that Texas and Oklahoma are going to find a way, and maybe it's with ESPN's help, which in all likelihood will happen, uh, to negotiate their way out of this final year. Do you feel that this is it for those two schools? I, I would think I would say so, Kim. But here's here's a wild card, and I don't know that I have no idea how big of a factor it's going to play. For for one thing, is they they don't know how they're going to do the uh, you know with 16 teams in a conference, you're you're probably going to have to go to these pods, you know, 14 pods if they they kicked that around in terms of scheduling. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have you're not going to have 18 divisions and you know that that sort of thing, but. Alabama and Texas are are starting a home and home this year. So if Texas joins next year, is this going to be one of those situations where that game is not a conference game? Because they come to Tuscaloosa next year, they're not getting rid of that football game. No. I can promise you that. Okay, but no. so you know because that's just one that you know fans have, have bought tickets for and, and have really been looking forward to. But Alabama has played so many. Of these, you know, neutral site openers that finally, you know, they get a big name to come to campus and mm-hmm. they got a bunch of them coming in the future. Um, they go to Austin this year. So I don't know how, if at all, that's going to play into it. It could just be, hey, you know what? Yes, we're going to move them in. You know, we're going to join everybody else. And that's just going to be an SEC that doesn't count in the conference game. I don't know, but I know that game is going to get played in Tuscaloosa next year, but. Um, I would say I would lean yes. If you're going to make me put money on it, I would say, yeah, you know, we know it's coming. Let's just, the sooner the better, let's just get it out of the way and, um, you know, move along. I don't know how many other big, big, uh, 10 
I'm sorry, Big 12 SEC games are on the schedule, uh, you know, in future years or for next year. But that's one that I know of. And I don't know that – I doubt it has a whole lot of influence on, you know, hey, if we can move a year early, let's move a year early. And you're right, ESPN will throw money at it. They'll mm-hmm. be you – know, they'll whatever buyouts there are, that'll they'll, they'll happen. But I do know that that game is scheduled and it's going to be played. Now, whether it counts in the conference <laughs> right. or not is a different story. Yeah, they're not going to Austin, not getting their return visit. And that's, a, that's an excellent point. Yeah, I think, Bama, that the throw-in is going to be the Longhorn Network. I think the Longhorn Network gets thrown in. Yeah. Here, Big 12, uh, here's a bone for you. Uh, we let these two yeah. schools out early. Then instead of writing the check for X, we write it for half of X. Here's your own network. Uh, do yeah. with that you please. We, we shall see. Bama, before we get it done, Let's start locally with Iowa State, and here's how I see Iowa State. Last year, they, they had expectations. First time ever, right? Um, yeah. They, they, and, right, Somebody exactly. Somebody to go to the playoff. I can't remember who that was. Was it me, you, or Trent? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was Condon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's blame Condon. He's not here. No, it was me. Exactly. <laughs> um, right. So no expectations this year. A lot of guys to replace. Bama, this is when Campbell seemingly does his best work. I'm not saying you sneak yeah. up on anybody. Iowa State will not sneak up on anybody anymore. But they got a, re- a transfer receiver that they really like from Colorado. They are extremely high on this quarterback, Hunter Deckers. I get it. Iowa State leads the hype every single off season. But I can't find anybody who says that this Decker stuff is overblown. So we shall we shall see. Saw so him a couple of times in relief of Purdy last year. Uh, obviously, Brees Hall, they're going to miss him greatly. He's the yeah. favorite, after all, to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Those two generational tight ends when it comes to Iowa State are both gone. Got to replace some pieces on defense, but I, got, I think they've got some pieces behind them. I think they're over-under numbers, what, six and a half or six? It's low. I could see yeah. them going over not not flying over it but getting over it couldn't you yeah i could and you're right um this is this is the kind of team here's where it is for me ken you you mentioned all that talent that was around nfl talent not just players not all big 12 nfl talent um this is this is how you go from having a few good years to really building the program because all that talent's gone now. What do you have? What have you recruited behind it? What ha- can are you going to be as good? Uh, probably not this year. But what have you got? Like you mentioned, the quarterback. I mean, is, is he as good as advertised? We've seen guys that come in and are, and we've seen, you know, Spencer Rattlers of the world, yeah. you know, who yeah. come in and and just aren't. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. It, to me, it all comes down to their defense again, and they've had a really good defense yep. for the last couple of years. If they can reload some players there uh, and and build some depth, then I think they've got it. They've got a chance to go over because I don't see a real juggernaut. I am not sold on Texas. I think they're going to be a lot better. Uh, they better be a lot better. Yeah. Uh, uh, for Sark's sake, um, than they were last year. Oklahoma is in transition from Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables. And so let me stop you no... there. Let me let me yeah. stop you there because you brought that up yesterday, and I I kind of saved it because I knew we we're going to get to the Big Twelve today. Uh, Venables, mm-hmm. great coordinator, Bama, great defensive yeah. mind, right? We've seen yeah. really good coordinators fall on their face. And I mean, um, Vic Fangio comes to mind as a Bronco yeah. fan, right? Great yeah, coordinator. Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt. There's another one. At Tennessee. Yep. I mean, how many how many Nick Saban guys have, you know, you want to go to the NFL, uh, Matt Patricia. Yeah. You know, goes from uh, New England to uh, Detroit, flames out. But 
then again, you've got guys, you know, Kirby Smart and Jimbo Fisher done okay for themselves. I'll say. Yeah. Um, you know, so here's the thing for me is guys like Smart, um, he wasn't, he was kind of taking over a program that was failing. I mean, you're replacing Lincoln Riley. Right. And again, okay, did they meet expectations? Yeah, they were pretty good. They, I don't know how many times they went to the playoff. They never won. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't believe they won a playoff game. I don't think they ever no. got to the championship. Not game. with him, right? Well, not with him, but they went. Uh, and it's it is man, it is it just seems to me that it's going to be a philosophical switch because he was a defensive coordinator at Clemson for a very long time under a very good head coach for a great program that has been good for the last decade. And man, they had some dudes down there at Clemson on defense, mm. so. Um, how offensive-minded is he? Is he just going to turn over the offense to his coordinators and just say, listen, I'm going to work one side of the ball and I'll make you know decisions whether we go for it or not or decline a penalty or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. And this is it's just a transition in Oklahoma. And it is a, it seems like a philosophical switch. Now, whether it turns out that way, uh, I'm not real sure. But I think Iowa State, I mean, at six and a half, I'm, I would take the over because you know, Southeast Missouri, Ohio, Kansas, you got to like those three right there. And then, I mean, Oklahoma State with Sanders could be, they could be a sleeper. I mean, um, Daniels is at Kansas State now. I mean, is, is he finally going no, to No, uh, West Virginia. God, West Virginia. You, West, oh, Virginia. Sorry, West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, Martinez is at K-State. Right. But, yes, J.T. Daniels has been at USC and Georgia. Right. I mean, so I'm like, good Lord. Yeah. It's got to work for him at some point, doesn't it? But. I like Iowa State in this situation. I don't know that they're going to be enough to, to get to the championship game. They have to go to Texas. They do get Oklahoma at home. The trip to to Stillwater is never fun. They get Baylor at home, Kansas State at home, Texas Tech at home. They don't have to go to Lubbock. They don't have to go to Morgantown. I've always said those are two very tough trips. I've always thought that those were really hard trips, no matter how good the opponent was. But they get both those teams at home. So, I, I would like Iowa State in the over. I, th- I like them to certainly to go to a bowl game. I don't know that they're going to have enough to to sneak into the championship game, but you're right. Uh, I think they're going to be good on defense, and we'll just see how good this quarterback is. And if he's good, if he's 80% of what is advertised, then they're going to be a problem for a lot of people. Uh, one more real quick on Oklahoma. I don't want to spend a ton of time, uh, but uh, Dylan Gabriel, uh, you know what, the over-under? Oh, that's uh, that's conference wins, four and a half for Iowa State. Um Dylan Gabriel, boy, he put up some massive numbers. Uh, he's in the Big Twelve. He's a good player, and it's not like um, you know he's just getting to college. What kind of year do you expect out of him? Uh, it's tough to say for me because the, the level of competition he's played at. This is going to be a step up, I think, for sure, um, from what he's seen, what he's played before. But I mean, he's a big guy, strong arm, left-hander. So I don't know if that these, these lefties, man, just they sometimes I don't know what it is about them, but sometimes they just cause defenses mm-hmm. problems. Iowa State's going. Yeah, sometimes they cause their wide receivers problems yep. because the ball just spins differently. Like a punt, you know, a punt returner. They always talk about a left-footed punter gives them problems. I don't know why. It seems like a you know a pass is a pass, but uh, <laughs> you know maybe it's just spinning different. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But um, look. They're in transition at quarterback. Again, big, big, big season for Oklahoma because I think Lincoln Riley is going to have a ton of success out at USC. I think they're going to be a threat, and I think they're going to be a threat this year because I think he's that good. 
they're going to have enough talent. They got a lot of talent in the portal, and there's going to be pressure on both the quarterback and the head coach uh, because nobody really wanted Riley to leave. I think it was a surprise when he left. Um, I think maybe they some fans thought they could do more to keep him. I don't know what that is. I mean, how do you turn down USC if it comes calling? But um, yeah, I think he's going to be good. I just I don't know. And listen, the Big Twelve again, you know, not you know a juggernaut for defense, and he's going to have a chance to open up with UTEP, Kent State. I think he's going to probably torch Nebraska. I'm afraid in Lincoln, um, you know, and so their schedule is pretty manageable on the front end. So he's got a chance to build some momentum, but. Uh, that that's a that's a team. I just I'm not I'm not a buyer on Oklahoma just yet. I got to see them, and I don't know when we're really going to get their first test. Maybe it doesn't come until October in the Red River game. I mean, they got a, the trip to TCU could be tough. That's always a tricky game. But where are they right now? But um, yeah, I just I think he does have a chance to be good. But this is a step up in competition for him. So we'll see how he handles that uh, against a Power Five defense. See, I, I think the Nebraska Nebraska game had him or not had him. It was a really good game last year in Norma. We'll it see was. if it that's was. if that. Yeah. Let's move on to Texas, Bama. So two parter on Texas. Uh, Quinn Ewers, a um, million dollar quarterback, right? The uh, Hudson mm-hmm. Card yep. is also there. Casey Thompson transfers out. We talked about him at Nebraska uh, yesterday. Bajan Robinson, I think, is the best running back in the conference. Uh, they got some dudes. It's defense that's been a problem for them over the last couple of years. So two parter. Where do you see Texas? They won three games last year in conference, finishing five yeah. and nine. Do you have a number that Sark has to win? I mean, does if he doesn't win eight games, if indeed they are going to the SEC next year, does he go with them? That's a great question, Ken. And I, I don't even know. Here's what I think. I think the barometer for Steve Steve Sarkeesian is going to be that week two game when Nick Saban comes calling. And I think because they're moving to the SEC, okay, if they get absolutely rolled by mm-hmm. Alabama, and I don't think they will necessarily, although Alabama, any, any, anybody you listen to, Phil Still, anybody locally, nationally, says that this, is, this may be the second or third best defense Nick Saban's had, and that's pretty scary. Okay, and <laughs> yeah. we know we got Bryce Young. We know we got, uh, you know, Brian Robinson is gone. Awesome receivers, but they're just going to reload at skill position. But if if Alabama goes in and absolutely smacks Texas around, and then Texas flounders to a, you know, seven and five, eight and four mm. season, then I'm not sure Sark's coming with them, like you said, because they're going to look at that Alabama game, I think, as a measuring stick. We're going to the SEC, okay. Here is, you know, Georgia, yeah, won it last year, but over the last decade, you know, now 15 years, whatever, this is the gold standard, not only in that conference, but nationally. We, this is where we want to be, and we are this far from it. You know, if it's a 44 to 14 game, which I, again, I don't think it's going to be, but if that game gets ugly, that's going to put a ton of pressure on Sarkeesian, no matter what else he does in the Big 12, because I can tell you right now, the mindset of Texas fans, they don't care about the Big 12 anymore. They don't even care about Oklahoma because Oklahoma is going with them to the SEC. So I'm not sure that they they care a whole lot about a Big 12 this year. I and I may be wrong, but the, a couple of people that I know that are you know from my days in Houston, they're they're starting to compare themselves now against SEC pr- programs and how they're going to fare in that conference, and that's 
how they're going to be judged. But you mentioned the quarterback, you know, big arm kid hadn't played it down, and all of a sudden here he comes in, he, mm-hmm. you know, got the seven, you know, seven figure contract. But you know, here's a little old Hudson Card, and I mean, how this is where NIL just gets absolutely fascinating for me, you know. And as a coach, am I going to sit the guy making a million bucks in NIL money <laughs> over the quarterback, you know, who over a Spencer Bennett type quarterback, but who gives me a better chance to win a football game? And the answer should be yes. Mm-hmm. And there should not be any pressure, but you know there is. And this is where that stuff gets fascinating for me, is if you're going to sit a guy that, that all these boosters are paying a ton of money. But I, I think he's got to get at least a, and I think he has to be competitive in that Alabama game, at home especially, week two. And if he's not, then you're going to start hearing, based off of last year, which was a disaster you're going to start hearing a lot of uh, wolves howling at his door, and they're going to start looking for, you know, who can really lead us into the SEC and into our next phase of uh, of the program. Uh, let's move on, Bama. I think we're probably going to have to carry one or two of the schools over because there's still uh, – got to talk Okie State. we got to get K-State mm-hmm. in. Uh, Baylor, after all, they, they won the damn thing last year, so we let, let, let's right. go there first. Um, yeah. Th- this Baylor team, I don't know, that not confounds me is not the, the, the right term, but – I mean, it, it, maybe it's just hard to wrap your mind around Baylor because they're, they're, they, they had their uptime. I mean, they, they had their, their moments. Art Briles had this right. team going. Aranda is a terrific coach. We saw what they did mm-hmm. last year. Uh, maybe my favorite uh, player in the trenches in college football is a Baylor Bear in Ika, uh, who is a mm-hmm. terrific defensive tackle. Um, I just don't know what to make of Baylor. Can they, can they repeat? I think. I think it's going to be tough for them. I think they they just everything broke right for them last year, including the last play of the game in the Big Twelve championship. Um, but look, their schedule is it's it's pretty tough. I mean, they got to go on the road to Oklahoma. They got to go on the road to Texas. So they're two toughest. You would think the the two brand games are on the road. Okay, they they have to go to Ames. I mean, that's a pretty and they have to go to Morgantown. That's a pretty stout. Yeah. You know, scheduled. They go to Lubbock as well. So, I mean, those are those are five. They got the five road games this year. They do get Oklahoma State at home, Kansas at home to win, K State, TCU. I I don't think they can, Ken, it's simply because of the schedule. I never noticed that. You're 100 percent right. I never noticed. I mean, that. The, the toughest games you would think are on the road yep. in Iowa State. The I already mentioned that you know the Morgantown Lubbock trips. They got to make both of those, and then they got to go to Norman and Austin. I yep. just think that's too much. But I'm going to tell you, you talked about Steve Sarkeesian. Does he go with them? I can tell you right now. I guarantee you, people in Austin have their eye on Dave Aranda and what he did last year as a guy that if if Steve Sarkeesian does not work out, that's a guy that that's going to get some some looks. I think for Texas if they move on from Sarkeesian because what he's done at Baylor winning a conference championship is unbelievably uh, impressive. And he's, he's doing it year over year. I mean, he comes from LSU. He's got the background there. So I think that's a, that is a guy that if, if you're going to look for replacements, that's who, that's one of the guys they're going to look to. He's not a big sexy name, you know, like a Lincoln Riley or, or whoever you want to throw out there, but that's a guy that, and he's just a, Fabulous coach, absolutely fabulous coach, and that was a, that was a home run hire for them. But I don't think, as much as you said, you know, as you like them and everything else, I agree. But that I just think that road schedule is too yeah. much for them to overcome uh, with with 
you know, a team that's in transition and everything and, and is going to wind up, uh, you know, I I can see them going 8-4, and 9-3 and three being a good year. I just don't know that's going to be good enough to get them into the championship. Yeah, with the parity, 9-3 and three may, uh, but but we'll see. Um, and I like their yeah. quarterback shape. And so let's save Okie State and K-State because a lot of folks like K-State out there. Let's save them for tomorrow when we take a look at the at the Pac-12. Last last thing, about a minute left on, on this. You mentioned JT mm-hmm. Daniels, Bama. He's been a lot of places. Uh, he certainly arrived with a ton of expectations wherever he has been. Uh, he's in West Virginia now. He's in Morgantown. You're right. That is a tough place to go and win. Uh, they, they've got, they've got a, 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 maybe a bowl team. Can he, is, do we finally see JT Daniels kind of emerge? And, and if so, what does that look like? Yeah, I don't know what it looks like. I mean, he's just come with so much hype and he, he has showed flashes of it. Now, he didn't. It, Georgia, really, but yeah. I mean, I keep going back to he got beat out by Stetson Bennett. Right. I mean, I mean who won a national and, and championship? Who won a national championship? Yeah. And he was great. Yeah. And he was efficient and everything else. But he had a, also, you know, an all-time defense. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. So I mean, I get all of that, but so all that kind of factors into the you know you mix it up and put it in the soup and everything else, and that and you got what you got last year. But I mean, he certainly has a talent. He's certainly been at big programs. He just hasn't been able to crack it. And again, I just I keep going back to he got beat out by Stetson Bennett, and you know I I can't I don't know you're gonna you're gonna have to see it. The thing I find interesting for West Virginia, they've got three Thursday night games this year. Wow. You know, at Pitt, at Virginia Tech, and then Baylor, all on Thursday night. So uh, you know what they they got to go to Texas again. They get Oklahoma at home. They go to Ames. I is I think this is a borderline bowl team. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think you know Pitt is not a toss up. Although Pickett's gone now, you got a lot. You know they got a layup against Townsend. They're gonna. There's a couple of easy wins on that schedule, um, Kansas and Townsend. But you know Virginia Tech, that's a tough game. I mean that's that's a that's a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. That's ACC Big Twelve. But you know those teams aren't separated by much. So that's going to be a big one in Blacksburg, and then they go to Texas the following week. So I mean you know. I, he's going to have to play well for them to have a chance. And you, you made a great point. What does is, what is good JT Daniels look like? Because we really haven't seen it consistently. But if he doesn't do it here, then where, mm. you know he's never going to do it. I think he's probably out of eligibility. He's got to be by yeah, now. Yeah, I think he is. This... Uh, even with COVID and everything right. else. But um, I think they're a borderline. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I'm just not very high on them. I just think that. They're a borderline bowl team at best. Seven and five probably get will get them in, but I don't see them competing for a conference. No, I don't see them. And I was uh, of the uh, of the mindset that um, they. I think their total was five and a half. I, I took over on that. Yeah, um, I would go over a little bit just because there's a couple of layups on there, and then they have to beat somebody. You would think, although, I mean, you just go down the list after you get past Kansas. I mean, Texas has got more talent. Baylor's mm-hmm. got a better coach. Mm-hmm. Texas and Kansas State, is going to win. Kansas is going to pick a couple of schools off Bama. You know, maybe they're we'll throw them. Other... Yeah, they're not horrible. They're right, not like they happen. Yeah, well, let's spend a minute on Kansas tomorrow. Bama, out of time, brother. Got to talk some puck uh, with our friends okay, downtown absolutely. Des Moines, Iowa Wild. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll do the Pac-12. We'll finish up on the Big Twelve when we when we reconvene about this time tomorrow. Bama, have a great day. Thank you, bud. You too, pal. Thanks. Yep. Bama Bob talking a little college football. We'll take a time out in case you missed it. The keyword $1,000 opportunity to win. You still have time. Our number one is check, check at kxno.com. Another keyword coming up uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. Ben Gislason, the Iowa Wilder.
In the midst of making preparations for their 10th season, 10 years already for the wild downtown Des Moines, Ben Gislason joins me next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to it and do so in person. Ben Gislason is here from the Iowa Wild. As we mentioned, they are... Moving headlong into season number ten, boy, time flies. I remember the opening night down at the uh, uh, down at the well. I actually did the color. Uh, Josh Fisher did the play by play that night. As O'Donnell was he on television? Maybe doing it. I don't recall. But anyways, good to see you, Ben. How are you? Oh, first off, it's terrific to be in studio with you, Ken. Absolutely. We were, we were joking off air before we started here. It, it's a weird times that we've had where you and I really got to know each other a lot over the, <laughs> over the phone, over the airwaves. And I know you've been very gracious having me on since I joined the Wild a couple of seasons back. So so it's great to be in here and shake your hand and yeah. talk some hockey. Well, and you got me. I mean, I'm, uh, I love the sport. So whenever you guys need airtime, you just uh, reach out. So you're number 10, as, as we mentioned. Um, what does that mean? Is, it, is, is, it, uh, is there more to do just because you want to make it a special type of season as opposed to if this was year 13 or year 8? What's the difference? Well, we were joking about this. Like, Why does humanity go in, in numerals of five? Five years, yeah. 10 years, 15 years. But I mean, it's what we do, mm-hmm. especially in the sports world. You want to commemorate um, milestones, and certainly 10 years is, is a big one. I, I know five years back, the Wild celebrated uh, five years, but 10 is big, especially when you look back and you see that, that there obviously were previous franchises that didn't stay for I mean, even five years. Mm-hmm. So now we're really starting to expound on, on the success that this organization has had. And you know, for us, we're trying to make it as special as we can, and that's for our season ticket holders, for our single-game ticket fans, for our staff, for our players. However, we can make this season extremely memorable that's what a lot of our summer meetings have been about is what can we do that's different what can we do that that is really overly inclusive for our fans and also at the same time we want to celebrate the people that have been here for 10 years but we we want to help build who are the next fans who are the next generation of the next 10 years of the Iowa Wild so those are some of the things that have really been on the forefront for us and we're just we're ecstatic about some of the ideas that we have in in motion moving towards the fall you guys have been so community oriented since you got here I really commend you for doing that and try to grow the game I'm assuming this year when you're out and about doing farmers markets or whatever it is um, the reception you get I I have to I have to believe is as warm as it was when you first got here it has to be, and I can't totally speak to that, uh, seeing as someone that wasn't here on day one, but I know in talking with the employees of ours that have been here since day one, I've, I've talked to Allie Brown, our vice president of business operations about this, who was a day one employee, and she echoes the same sentiment you did, Ken, mm-hmm. and, and that's, it was a community first initiative right away. It was getting into the community, making sure that people understood what the logo was. So you, right. you, you didn't have to put Iowa Wild around right. the logo. People see the logo now and they think, yeah. oh, Iowa Wild. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's very evident. You go anywhere. I was just at the supermarket uh, yesterday. I, after work, I had a Wild Polo on. I had a couple people say, oh, you know, you work for the Wild. So it's very, very mm-hmm. obvious that, that we've found a good foothold in the community. And you're exactly right. It's because the effort that goes on behind the scenes and Allie and all that she's done throughout the years has been just tremendous. So a big year for her too uh, in 10 seasons and all of our staff that have been here for 10 years. We're just thrilled about it. The outdoor rinks have been a huge mm-hmm. success. I love to see that as a kid who grew up on an outdoor rink, right? Uh, it's great that you guys have uh, bounced around the city and continue to, uh, to make those available. All right. So the schedule comes out. Now what? <laughs> what, what does that mean for you, and what does that mean for the team? Well, for me, it meant I was really busy in July for a stretch there, at, as 
I know you know well, Joe O'Donnell, my my predecessor, and took over the same role he had. Mm -hmm. And and as as much fun as we get to have on the broadcast, I, he'll tell you just like I'll tell you, the heavier percentage of your time is spent hotels and planes and and the team. So that's side. all you. It is yes. Wow. Um, and so was was sort of thrown into the fire last year at that. I think I officially made the job switch when job or Joe made the job switch mm -hmm. to Minnesota. I think it was September fifteenth. So we were. Wow couple weeks out of camp <laughs> so luckily joe had done a lot of the planning in the summer so this year this summer was my first summer of sitting on hold with whoever it is delta united uh um you know southwest at times depending on who it is where we're going getting all that tracked and all that done and we're about 95 percent of the way there mm -hmm. um and, and joe's been just so helpful with that throughout throughout the entirety of my time so that that's kind of been what my july has been um as from the team it's been free agency uh you know some players that we're really excited about that i we actually just we we're having a a, a podcast that we do uh, every week and we just had actually bill garen on this week he'll be on the episode GM next the week club, coming yeah. up and so we were talking with him about some of the players that they signed to two-way deals uh, a player who you'll know and nick patan who was yeah. a winnipeg jets draft second pick, round pick maybe yeah. didn't pan out the way that people yeah. thought but still is a, is a tremendously talented player specifically at the american league level sure. now so he, uh, he's a guy that could see some time here in iowa andre schuster a big giant mountainous defenseman uh who who is made his probably fame, if you want to call it that, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm -hmm. He comes over from Anaheim. Two guys that we're excited about, and there's a host of other characters, too. It's going to be a relatively new-looking team. I was sort of starting to do some math on that and crossing out who's not coming back, circling who's coming back. and it, It'll be a pretty big turnover, I think, but the players that we're getting, there's a nice mix of guys who have some very, very solid AHL to NHL experience to have that veteran presence, and then some younger players that we know are coming in, guys like Ryan O'Rourke, second-round draft pick defenseman Damon Hunt, third-round mm -hmm. draft pick defenseman and then Jesper Volstead who's a first round goaltending selection. Uh, Rossi going to be draft. here do you think? It's a good question I, I think if you ask Minnesota fans they have their fingers crossed he He's won't be because right. I, I think a lot of Minnesota fans have him pegged as a part of the solution to helping solve mm -hmm. the the void of Kevin Fiala. Now Rossi's not going to step in and do what Kevin Fiala did but yeah, he put up big numbers down here. Yes and, and he's and he uh, athletically Mentally, he's got it. I, I think the one thing they're looking for for him is can he adapt to the schedule? Can he stay healthy through an 82-game schedule? Mm -hmm. He had a little bit of problem with that here. Uh, he wasn't out a lot, but he'd miss a game here, a game there. You obviously need a guy to get to 82 games if you can. Absolutely. Ben, the music's playing. We've got 30 seconds yes. left. Iowa Wild, what uh, folks want to get involved this year. Schedule-wise, where do they go? They go to the website, iowawild.com is one way to do it. Otherwise, call 515-564-8700. Uh, Ten years uh, here in mm. Des Moines, so we're just thrilled about it. And, Ken, thanks for having me on. Uh, pl a pleasure to meet you. And uh, like I say, anytime you need airtime, you've got it here on uh, 10 to noon. Hour 2 coming up, 106.3 Kicks and oh.